Damn, son. Where'd you find this? Oh, sorry, that's a meme. When did you start your battle crap career, Michael? Uh, I thought you were five step- seconds ago. <laughs> thought you were doing a. What are you doing here, step bro? No, no, it's a it's a different meme. Damn, son, where'd you find this? It's a. Yeah. I'm sure that the two redditors that listen to this podcast are just riotously cackling to themselves right, right now at your glib witticism. Michael, do you jerk it to uh, to virgin porn where they're like, I just need virgin balls. Is that your thing? What? No. <laughs> Why? Is that no, a no thing? reason? <laughs> I I wouldn't know. It sounds like you're projecting a little bit, but you know, that's just me. Oh, you need me to talk louder? It sounds like you're projecting a bit, but that's just me. Well, this is the last episode of the Disinformed Podcast, and thank you all for being here. It's been a lovely run. Zippity zoop. <sighs> Eight seasons in a movie. <laughs> Not even close. Yeah, yeah. We don't even get a major motion picture. It's just a sitcom, baby. <laughs> uh, actually, technically, this is the Cancel Me Daddy podcast officially at this point, I believe. So, congratulations. That'd be great. Ooh race to see who can get canceled first i don't think it's a race it's shane (laughs) no question (laughs) if they're handing that award out i'm afraid that i have it already granted to me i'm an emeritus asshole i do think though that it would be (laughs) really funny for michael to accidentally cancel himself oh yeah if i if if i'm canceled it's for something stupid that i did on accident it's like you're no i i have it more like in my head that like you're searching twitter profiles to cancel them over like dumb tweets and then you have your own dumb tweet that you stumble upon but you don't realize it's yours <laughs> like who's this douchebag <laughs> sounds you, like he should be canceled and then you blow it up and you get canceled and then you're like oh my god that was actually me and people are all like why is he retweeting his old tweet and saying to cancel himself because no one paid attention the first time <laughs> Uh, and speaking of things that uh, don't get better with age, Heil comes, Slingers, and welcome to another stirring installment of the Disinformed Podcast. I'm Shane. I'm John. I'm Michael. I'm Courtney. And yet again, we have another illustrious appearance from our glorious indentured servant of artwork. That is the bad artist, Jesse. Welcome back, lady friend. Hi there. Yay! I'm working on um, Courtney's art of Henry Cavill <laughs> defiling her. Nice. <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. Just be careful when you start working around the front, Henry. It, it, it might take me a long time because um, anatomy big. is new to me, and <laughs> I need to capture how, Henry's how glorious amazing body. jawline. Just I'm sure sorry, I mean, so anatomy's foreign to you. Wow, Courtney, you can handle that. Yeah, yeah, keep going. Um, I think the only appropriate way to do that would be to make him in all his glory and then draw me as a stick figure. Um, because I've always wanted to be skinny and because next to him I would look just hideous. So, Aww. Nice. No, <laughs> it got really no. sad. Not unless you actually imagine a literal stick figure. Like, there's this, like, intimately drawn portrait of Henry Cavill and then a literal stick figure. Yes, that's that's, that's exactly what I mean. (laughs) I thought it was hilarious until she explained why. I'm sad. (laughs) Joke is on all you fools. I actually have a parachute, so if you want to crash this plane, I'm happy to watch it go down. (laughs) 
Well, we have Jesse back because she wanted to present a topic, and uh, indeed, it out. for those of us who are blissfully ignorant about Dungeons and Dragons, Jess is here to alleviate our uh, lack of info, as it were. And for those of you who are unfamiliar with our show, we occasionally delve into random esoteric topics and we lie about them to one another. That is the shtick. It is always engaging and entertaining. And now we are going to bring, admittedly, a neophyte into our midst. But I believe that she is up to the task because she has heard every disgusting episode of this show. So I feel like uh, Jess is very well prepared for this and I've... I didn't bury the lead, so we're going to get into a little D&D action this evening, and not the type that involves bondage wear, unfortunately. Oh, Sad shucks. Yes, the TikTok algorithm is very confused as to what type of dungeon master I'm into. So. <laughs> How unfortunate. Oh, do tell. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I do. I get D&D TikTok and uh, BDSM. Kink BDSM TikTok. Who uh, are you going to call? My boss yes. <laughs> uh, Michael, I'm going to need you to clip that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, yeah. If you want to hear me with a ball gag, my friend, there are far more inventive and entertaining ways in order to do so. You and I are going to be in the studio next week. I think we can make it happen. <laughs> yeah, if you get Dan riled up enough, I will happily throw myself on the sword there. I'll I'll put a good effort. <laughs> Our producer is almost as stunning as Henry Cavill, in almost. my estimation. Yeah, oh, he's yeah. a very fetching man. As I've, I'm on the record about this, I was recorded saying very much the same thing fairly recently. So yep. uh, he he knows full well I would jump his bones. So I get to come and sit in the studio and stare at him, right? Because you guys will be in my hood. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think anybody'd argue. Not, no, not, not one bit. It's like don't don't pay attention to the girl in the corner. <laughs> She's fine. It's like that after who episode? Don't blink. Mm-hmm. Why does it sound like it's raining in here? What's it sounds like someone's stirring a pot of spaghetti very aggressively. I, oh, yeah. It's getting on the takes. Can you guys just give us a moment? Like, oh, she's <laughs> almost done. Just hold on. Sensitive. <laughs> um, I do have to uh, give you a warning, though, that um, I am in mourning at this time. I got the text last night that every D&D player dreads my session this weekend has been canceled. Oh, no. And I cried myself to sleep a little. So That's fair. Are we back to talking about bondage or? Yeah, which kind of dungeon? Um, Both and neither. Yeah, we were supposed to have uh, a wild time. I got out the swing. We just installed it. It was cool. And then he said there was no way. No, uh, we were supposed to have a session at my house. It was supposed to be session nine for our campaign of Curse of Strahd. I am fucking awake! (laughs) (laughs) Not sure anybody catches that reference, but... uh, I'm sure superfan Michael will. (laughs) Here hopes. I love how you guys are joking about sex swings in D&D, but the only time that I ever played D&D was in a friend's house who decided they needed to show us where they put their sex swing. And, like, it's funny because that's now their baby's playroom. Oh, no. Um, the baby hey. uses the sex swing as, like, a... <laughs> oh, my you know, God. I've never asked, but it, it wouldn't, you that's know, fair. be that It's probably much best not surprise. to know. Yeah. No, they just wanted the baby to understand its own secret origins. <laughs> this is your origin story. So you it's a like super me. baby villain. 
<laughs> yeah, it's like the you. ship that brought Superman to this planet. <laughs> Here's the sex swing. Yeah. We, we found you in it, in a blanket. And we've never cleaned it once. <laughs> so this gimp suit has been with you your entire life. Your father was wearing it when you were conceived. Oh, no. <laughs> well, Ew, what did I just touch? Oh, those are your brothers and sisters. <laughs> you could say you have a pretty big family. <laughs> um, I did find it very hard to lie about Dungeons and Dragons. I like it a lot, and so I'm just like, how am I going to lie about this? But I do have seven lies for you this evening. Okay. Oh, well, um, we didn't go with six. Now I'm already offended. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Didn't mean to offend anyone. It's not a rule. I mean, you're going to do great. So Everyone's going to love you. Um, you're doing I, fantastic. So you're seven, the best. You're the best at this. I'm not. But I will say again, because we, we did learn last week that Michael did play Dungeons and Dragons. If he does not catch all of my lies, he's fired. He's a fake fan. That's what that means. <laughs> ha, you won't fucking... fire me. You don't want anyone else to edit this shit. <laughs> uh, hashtag cancel me, daddy. <laughs> oh, that's his lane now. He's just going to hashtag say things and hope that it doesn't happen. <laughs> Uh, cancel me, daddy. But Hashtag give me my doctorate. <laughs> Never. I will become a fully fledged dungeon master before Michael gets his doctorate. That will have her huh? own actual sex dungeon <laughs> as a separate business. She'll have both dungeons before. figured out. Yes. Whips, She'll whistles, chains, yo yos. Yes. In, She'll in yes. domineering. So. But I hope this is a lot of fun for you guys because it was fun for me. I learned some stuff about D and D I did not know before. Ooh! And so we'll just jump right into it for those who are uninitiated into the world of Dungeons and Dragons. It is a storytelling game. Basically, you and your friends are co-oping the story together and guiding your heroes through quests for treasure, battles with deadly foes, sometimes dragons, but not always. Uh. There's daring rescues, courtly intrigue, and so much more. Uh, <laughs> it's fun. It was originally created by Sean Fitzpatrick and Gary Gurridge and first published in 1973. Gary Gurridge? Gary thought... Gurgich. Oh, Bless wasn't you. there a Gary Gygax in there, or was he more um, <laughs> advanced D&D? Gygax? I hardly know him. <laughs> you, you did, in fact, catch my first lie. Um, so yeah. <laughs> wow. Dear fucking Christ. It's a cold day in hell today, well, boys. You know, the only you know reason what? why I remember him so vividly is because he passed away a couple of years ago. I used and he to was like the his pictures, and he, he was my favorite. He was a of all beautiful man, and how dare you impugn his honor by saying I fapped to him? If it makes you guys feel better, he did only catch half of the lie. Um, oh, I don't remember the other person. Oh, we don't I give half credit here, so he didn't get anything. Okay. <laughs> Furthermore, not his proudest fap. <laughs> Never is. Um, um, so were both of the names bullshit? Yes, both of the okay. names were bullshit. Okay. Uh, it's Gary Gygax and Dave Arneson oh. are the original creators. So gotcha. first published in 1973 by Tactical Studies Rules, which is a publishing company they both started because... Lo and behold, in the 1970s, nobody wanted to publish this game for nerds, so they straight Thanosed and said, well, I'll do it myself. And that's how they, they got to publishing this game. Um, it has been published by Wizards of the Coast since 1997. I will get into how that happened later. 
some drama. Bitches uh, be tripping. So the world of D&D is not just this tabletop role-playing game. It has expanded into novels. Michael showed us our collection, his collection last week. Um, lots of books he's got back there. I'm still um, trying it, to forget. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it was really alarming how quick he was like, oh, I think I actually have 17 of them right here, right behind me. Yep. Just I got, them I right got off the shelf. three that are visible right there, and then most of them are visible down here or underneath. You have to I've highlighted his... passages with my special <laughs> wand. I was going to say, no, I his... don't mark books. I, I, I don't touch books like that. No. You have to twist his They're fucking sacred. arm to get him to watch any movie that's come out in the last five years, but he has 100,000 novels. From yeah, because I purchased them years ago when I had free time. Now I don't have free time in this economy. Wait, exactly, people buy books exactly. to read them? I well, just Courtney just for... yeah. I mean, some of these are for decoration. Yeah, that's what I thought. And Courtney, some of the books that we buy are just for fapping. Well, that's the swimsuit edition, but that's neither here nor there. There are also D&D board games as well as video games. So there are many mm. ways you can get your D&D fix. Like Miss Orktober. Yes. <laughs> Just like that. I'd buy that if that was a legitimate thing. I'm Guys, not shocked. Do you think I have what it takes to become this year's Miss Orktober? <laughs> it, with yeah. enough gumption, anything's possible. Did you say cumption? Gumption! <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Since it was first published in 1973, there have been 10 editions of D&D. Uh the third edition did introduce the D20 system. Uh the Uh the... that's all bullshit because we're currently in the 5th edition. You are wrong, sir. What? Really? Oh, are you out. wait, okay, okay. All right. So, are we going to get into a discussion of whether 3rd edition is different than 3.5 edition? Is nope. different from 3.5 edited Michael, or something like that? This is or? not your episode. I'm going to need you to stop <laughs> trying to make it uninteresting. I will count them for you. There is the original published in 1973 and 1977. The basic set first edition was published. 1977 also advanced D&D. 1981, basic set second version. 1983, basic set third. 1989, advanced D&D second edition. Uh, 2000 is when third edition came out. 2003 was 3.5. 2008, fourth edition. And in 2014, fifth. That is 10, motherfucker. Okay, so it's it's all... It's like Kingdom Hearts counting, where Kingdom Hearts 3 is like the actual 12th game. And yes. You got Kingdom Hearts 355 over 2 plus <laughs> 3.x remix. I'm going to be real. The final reason prologue. I stopped, the reason I stopped playing Kingdom Hearts is because I didn't know where to continue. That's fair. I had to look it up. I was like, I'm not so, going to go get 17 game platforms just to finish the series. And most of them are trash. That's I'm what sorry, I've heard. I'm just saying yes. It. Unless you like a deck building card game that you play in real time. Uh, to fight with it no. like magic no magic is way better than kingdom hearts chain of memories there's, I'm just saying I, I won't there's just disagree with you there has got to be a sharp object in here <laughs> i do I mean like... you have a lot of paper you can try and give yourself a paper i'm not gonna victor zaz my way out of this life michael <laughs> i'm not a 13 year old goth girl who writes fan fiction about harry potter yet oh shucks Oh, no. Anyway, to, 10 editions. Back to the D&D. &D. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> that sounds so sinister and sexy. <laughs> mm, back to the D&D. <laughs> Don't I'm... ever do that again. <laughs> also, clip that. <laughs> I'm going to do it all the time. Um, it is a cooperative storytelling game. At the helm, there is the dungeon master or game master. It depends on what you feel like being called, I guess. They serve as the game's referee and storyteller while maintaining the setting in which all these adventures occur and playing the role of all the inhabitants of this world. Bullshit. We actually call those people daddy. <laughs> I mean, you In your can? campaign, you can. I was going to say, if they so choose, daddy. <laughs> yeah. If daddy they master. Start off, uh, yeah. Well, well, Cancel we'll me, daddy master. Around to um, daddy master in a minute. Um. <laughs> Dungeons and daddies. Back on your yes. TikTok frame again. And you just got us the name of the episode. Thank you. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if we can take that name though. Dungeons and Daddies. We'll, we'll, oh, we will that. definitely. Who's gonna copyright us? No one knows we exist. We all the know that nerds don't know how to podcast fight. Podcast Dungeons and Daddies will. <laughs> well, if they're listening to this, we love you very okay. much, and I've never heard you, but I want you can to call it the maybe. knockoff. The Sometime. I can't believe it's not Dungeons and Daddies. Hey, hey, Michael. Here we go. It's called Satire. Get, get ready. <laughs> oh, I'm a doing a preemptive for you. Oh, no. <laughs> call it Dungeons and. <laughs> Then we'll get Michael back into his normal lane. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> you should just bleep it all. You should just go, let's just call it Dungeons and Woo. Yep. <laughs> just rapid fire, just yes. speed it up so it. Give the streets what, the, what it wants. The I other... can do like the old school Ric Flair, like, Woo. <laughs> yes. There you go. And the other players form what is called the party. And so they work together to solve dilemmas, um, engage in battle. You can level through experience points. Uh, there is also a milestone leveling system. So if your dungeon master so chooses, you do not have to gain experience points to level. Uh, you can do milestones. So based on like what how you progress in the story, you'll level from there. So you can I join the Mile High Club? Yes. I am in the Mile High Club, actually. That is how we are leveling. I'm intrigued. Nice. Go on. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Congrats. Um, thank you. We we discussed dice earlier but before the show. Uh, polyhedral dice are used to solve the in-game events uh, and put people into debt. Dice collecting is not cheap. <laughs> it is I, not. <laughs> I myself have over 30 sets of dice. Oh shit! <laughs> well, impressive. Yeah, that I would have mean my brother. I'm gonna very go just, similarly structured. I'll plug this and say that you should send some of those pictures over to Courtney, or just over to to me, and we'll send it along, and we'll we'll show that on the Instagrams. All of my dice. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I I have about thirty sets. Last time I counted, not including all of the loose dice, because a few times I did purchase the uh, pound of dice bags from Chessex. Trying to find the uh, the very rare Borealis ones. They have special glitter. I will say that the, the dice that you're letting me use is really pretty. Yes, these are mm -hmm. Kraken dice. Mm -hmm. I, I love them. Say that anymore. What's Kraken? Kraken? But a standard <laughs> set contains six dice. A D20, D12, D10, D8, D6, and D4. Some of those are used for damage. Uh, the d20 is what you roll to determine whether you succeed or fail. I believe up until 3rd edition, they were using the d10 system. Hmm. Is Eight. that true? Yeah. Huh. 
Some I I never played it. first or second edition, so I wasn't. I just assumed, which was again, you know, making an ass. So yeah, some systems okay. still use the D10 system, like Call of Cthulhu. Um, mm-hmm. that one's a fun one to play. You use D10, but a full set of dice has twelve. So there's two D20s for advantage and disadvantage. A D12, D10, a percentile dice, D8. 4d6 for rolling character stats, a d4 and a d2, which is just a coin. So if you want to like get an idea of my dice collection, I have standard sets. I have full sets. I also have sets that contain two extra d20s. So there's actually 14 dice in the set. It's a big chunky boy d20 and then an itty bitty mini d20. So I have hundreds of dice. feel like it's interesting hearing about like different people's passions and like how you accumulate things based on that like because what i'm liking that too is when i tell shane like hey i bought this new pedal and shane and both both shane and my wife which they're usually the same people um they're like, easy <laughs> like why did you get another one i was like because it makes this sound well the other one makes this sound yeah but this one makes this sound slightly different that's uh me and jason because every time i get a package she's like is it dice i say maybe it's like you have hundreds of dice i'm like yeah but i don't have dice that are this color or these are limited edition you can't there's there's limited sets it'll be worth money the dice collecting game is pretty intense like people get real serious about it i could probably talk forever about that too but that's a whole nother thing part Um, two yeah D&D has had its share of controversy, though. Um, we we mentioned the creators, Dave and Gary, over there. I'm not going to say their last names because they're both weird. Um, they did have a lawsuit between them over royalties at one point. Uh, Gary did sell his ownership in the company in 1985 and spent the better part of a, the next decade in legal disputes with the publishing company he helped create, TSR, um, as they would attempt to stop him from creating competing RPGs. And now we get into the downfall of TSR. Under the new management, they engaged in some extremely questionable business practices, and it just all went down in the hill. In the early 90s, they began to experiment with like CD-ROM games, um, games with videotapes, all that fun stuff. It was cool at the time, but... Also, at the time, it was not a cost-effective thing to do. It was very expensive. They ended up finding out a unique but ultimately unsound way to go about funding this. Uh, Random House was actually their distributor at the time. And they worked out an agreement where Random House would pay TSR for the product, not when it was sold in bookstores, but when it arrived at Random House's warehouse. Therefore, TSR could ship a lot of product and Random House paid them for it. They could return the product to TSR at any time for a refund, but when sales were good, it wasn't a problem. Um, They did use that money to finance things like a CD-ROM version of the D&D rules. However, this structure did lead to overprinting and TSR was failing to pay their printer. Because of the extreme amount of debt that they owed their printer, they ended up signing a contract agreement with them to only use them for their printing. And because of this, the printer had a monopoly on them, used this to their advantage, and started increasing the prices of their printing just over and over and over. 
1996, it just all blew up. Random House finally returned millions of dollars worth of product to TSR. Uh, the printer said that they weren't going to print anymore until they got all of their backlog of debt from them that was owed. Uh, TSR did fire 30 employees right before Christmas. It was Oof. They should have rolled higher. <laughs> they, it sounds like they rolled a crit fail. They absolutely did. Well, if the crit don't fit. <laughs> so um, after their printer announced in the new year that they wouldn't publish any more of TSR's product until they received payment, like everyone knew they were going down. But in swooped in Wizards of the Coast, who are the creators of Magic the Gathering. They hmm. uh, had massive success, are still massively successful. A lot of people play Magic and spend a lot a of money lot. on cardboard. <laughs> I, I've tried playing it. I don't understand it. I'll never be good at it. But that's fine because they bought TSR and the publishing rights to D&D and saved the game that I have come to know and love so well. So I love Magic even though I don't play it. Okay. Thank you, Wizards of the Coast. <laughs> and we're actually sponsored this week by <laughs> Wizards of the Coast. Uh, they just, they don't even, they sell more than just Wizards. Uh, uh, wow. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I wish I could cut that, but no one will let me. Wizards of the Coast sells more than just Magic the Gathering cards. They also sell, as far as I'm aware, Pokemon and other uh, card games such as Digimon and other uh, popular card games. Uh, so if you're interested in any of those, uh, stop on by any grocery store, uh, except for I think Walmart isn't carrying them uh, or they weren't carrying them for a time because people devil. were fighting over them. Um, but Target buy them today. Out. Yeah. They also, uh, from my understanding, they do market slave boys from any number of Southeast Asian countries as well. So you can get those wherever, uh, you know, aggressive human trafficking is taking place. Yeah, and you get a collector's card along with it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But only on the coasts. No, Hashtags. only on the coast. Hashtag yes. cancel me, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> They're not having it in the Bible Belt, unfortunately, which is the one place that really should be unbuckled the most, I find. True that. Anyway, thank you for this ad break. <laughs> um, it it gets better. Uh, D and D was subject to the good old <laughs> satanic panic of uh, the nineteen eighties, and was falsely linked to Satanism and suicide and witchcraft, all that fun stuff. <laughs> Sorry, I was laughing because just watching Michael die inside after he realized that his ad break fucking flopped. <laughs> that bit was so shit. <laughs> I'm sorry. I wanted to try and do something. It's a little harder to see from back funny. there, but he he literally I, he just he sunk in his chair like he went from being like five five <laughs> inches on the screen to three inches on the screen because he just slid I, down his chair. That uh, was so shit. I'm sorry. It'll be on TikTok next listeners. week if anybody wants to see it. Oh, I Please. fucking hope so. I hope it gets views because. That Nobody wants to see bad. you, Michael. It's proven. No, as the last two TikToks have shown, no one gives a shit about me. <laughs> So, <laughs> there, there, that's proof. <laughs> uh, anyway, sorry, Jess. Satanic yes. panic. Yeah, satanic uh, panic. Which makes perfect sense for people to get all bent out of shape because they thought they were summoning fucking demons <laughs> in the basement. Absolutely. Um, you know, beholders, behemoths. Behold. Uh, succubus, all that. Mm. Who talking about a succubus on this podcast? <laughs> Despite the controversy and the fact that D&D &D almost was no more because of TSR's terrible management, 
Um, it was estimated that in 2014, there was about 12 to 15 min- million players worldwide. Are we calling bullshit on number lies? I think we should call bullshit on everything. Yeah, let's call bullshit. I'm calling bullshit on the on the 14 million players. Um, in 2014, it was estimated that the game had 12 to 15 million players, but not worldwide. That was in North America alone. Oh, so partial, partial credit. I wouldn't have given me credit for that. So bless She's you for being a more benevolent dungeon master than I, kinder, as a presenter. gentler. I mean, it's not hard to be kinder and gentler than me. It's, I'm like $5 toilet paper. I don't take shit off anybody. I mean, you're sniffing around the right place, so... It's just like the toilet paper. (laughs) Indeed. I am a sexy wizard. But um, I think it has so many players because it is very customizable. There's a lot of things that you can do. The player's handbook, uh, the 2018 printing of it anyway, has nine races and 12 classes, including subclasses that you can play for characters. Um, Other source materials expand on the available races and classes, as well as introduce new subclasses that aren't in the player's handbook. Uh, For example, my character that I'm playing currently uh, is a changeling as their race. Um, It was first introduced in the Eberron campaign setting in 2004, so third edition, about 3.5, somewhere in there. Um, and my class and subclass is a shadow sorcerer. It was introduced in Xanathar's Guide to Everything in 2017. So there is a lot of ways that you can play a character. No two player, no two characters are alike. I know what she's talking about, Shane. I just didn't want to say, oh, yes, I know what book you're yes, talking yes. about. Yes, yes, hype man slimy over here, just <laughs> head bobbing like the world's worst Wayne impression. I'm, uh, I'm sorry I'm excited because I actually know the thing she's talking about. This is okay. why we wanted to do this episode, is because of last week when we ended and we were off air, and she started bringing it up because it is something that she's passionate about on a week-to-week basis. You guys just hit it off, and then the rest of us were just sitting in the corner just going, are they going to whip it out? Are they going to whip out their preciouses? Is that, what's, is that the joke? I mean, I did talk about my uh, no warlock, or halfling warlock for, for a couple minutes there. So, so John, what you're trying to say is that she backed the wrong pony. No, I, I'm saying she's backing the right pony because, you know, there is one there has to be one listener out there that did like heavy water. And I feel like at very least, like, you know, Michael's getting, you know, Michael getting a topic that he connects to is important. And I'll, I, so I, I agree. Yes. Yes. Equal representation under the law. That's important. Here's a pity I'm topic, you fucker. Not going to argue. <laughs> this is far from a pity topic. No, this I is know. something that Jess not, is exceedingly yeah. ardently wow, enthusiastic about. Way to shame the co-host for so, in, like sharing uh, your passions. So before we were rolling and we were doing the sound check and you, we showed the, uh, the Mr. Sandman alternate take that Jess and I did where he's talking shit about Michael. She goes, I just don't feel... Like I know him well enough to be mean to him. Now you do. You don't need to. You You just got initiated today. Okay. Fuck you, Michael. Yeah. (laughs) It's what sustains me. (laughs) The random (laughs) apathetic anger, I guess, and the just the general apathy. No, I think what you're saying is stank. It's what's for dinner. Yeah. Yeah. Moving on. Yes, Yes. Jess. Please continue. Sorry. 
Um, even with the source material available, many uh, DMs and players decide to enter the w- world of homebrewing, which I did talk to Becky a little bit about downstairs before we started, and she kind of got what I was saying. It was cool. Um, okay, one more, once more again, though, what was the word? Homebrew. Okay. I, I I was like a chambray work shirt over here, just trying to make sense of what's <laughs> happening here. So no game of D&D can be played the same. Everyone's going to do it their own way, and people bake in their own rules or things they want to add. You can just let your imagination run wild. Is it kind of like beer pong rules? Yes, there like are house, house Yeah, house. There, Yeah, there are house rules and stuff like that, depending on whoever's hosting it. Man, I'm just a babe in the woods on this episode. I love it. Beer pong I know is what a it feels like to be that... Michael. I don't understand any of your references. Oh, and uh, so, I, so I can bring it. I can bring it home. Beer pong. The difficulty is, is that I refuse to be condescended to. So you can just shut your fucking mouth right now, and we'll move on. Uh, I can bring it home for you. Uh, this is like if Michael's uh, Twitch plays Pokemon or whatever was interesting. <laughs> That's impossible. No, I thought you were going to say if I ever cared to partake in a pastime for people who can't actually conjure up interesting conversation and have to entertain themselves with libation in order to have a good time. Oh, that's what you were going for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, but no, no. Anyway, you can make your own rules. You can. There's Um, house rules. And I was telling Becky about it because, you know, Aldous is a beautiful pug, but uh, someone homebrewed a warlock patron of Noodle the Pug. And there's Bones Day and No Bones Day spells. It's very Love intricate. It. He has his own character sheet. So if if you're out there, look up Noodles, Warlock Patron, and you can get those stats and you know devote yourself and your get your magical powers from Noodle. As nice. we all should. Mm-hmm. And it, it's extreme customization. You can play the game however the hell you want. And uh, speaking of homebrew, we are going to now dive into some of my favorite homebrew material as well. Ooh. So um, I feel like with quarantine, D&D session streams got really popular. Um, people moved their games online because we couldn't be in the same rooms together. And they're like, we're already here. We might as well stream. And I feel like that was really cool and just introduces people to the world of D&D and I really attribute that and I many do to the massive powerhouse that is now Critical Role. Um we will talk about them cuz they are huge. Um most of the time if you say Dungeons and Dragons, people will be like, "Oh, like Critical Role." So Critical Role is a bunch of nerdy ass voice actors. Some of them have been I think pretty much all of them have actually voiced characters in games that I've played. Um, Matt Mercer is the DM. He actually voices the cowboy formerly known as McCree in Overwatch. He also oh. voiced some characters in the Fallout series. Um, I think he was in Call of Duty. He does a lot of stuff for Blizzard. Uh, he was in WoW as well. Uh, but he did Homebrew, the world of Exandria, for a one-shot that was based on a simplified version of D&D 4E. For Ashley Johnson's birthday. Ashley Johnson is another voice actor and she actually has done some TV work too. She's she, Last of Us? She is. She's Ellie. So oh. uh, it was for her birthday. Other people in their little friend group and other notable voice actors, Marisha Ray, Travis Willingham, Laura Bailey, also a Last of Us alum, played probably the most hated character in the series. Abby? Yep. Got a lot of hate for it. Undeserved because she was awesome. 
Uh, Liam, Liam O'Brien, Orion Abaca, I fuck up his name every time, I'm sorry, Orion, if you ever hear this, uh, Sam Regal and Talison Jaffe. So you've probably heard, seen them in things. Uh, the group enjoyed playing this one-shot so much that they actually continued in the Pathfinder system, which is a revised version of D&D 3rd Edition. Mm-hmm. So, what does that mean? So do you know the story behind Pathfinder? Where it came from? Hello, editor here. Uh, the following story that I'm recounting was something that I had heard when it originally occurred, but it was completely incorrect. Uh, the whole uh, reason for the creation of Pathfinder actually came from uh, Wizards of the Coast not renewing a contract for the uh, publishing company that published the Dungeons & Dragons magazines, which is where the uh, Dungeons & Dragons role-playing game came from. And so instead they created Pathfinder. So what I'm about to recount in the actual episode was what I had thought I heard when D&D 4th Edition was initially announced. So essentially, when when Wizards of the Coast uh, decided to go to Fourth Edition, they pretty much fired. And this is this is what I recall happened when Fourth Edition came out. Essentially, they fired everyone that was there working on three point five or Third Edition, um, and hired a whole new set of people to do Fourth Edition, which was why it's not really considered the the best a lot of people don't like it because it's so simplistic um but the people that were fired well said fuck them we're going to create our own studio with and they called it pathfinder so that's kind of where pathfinder is and that's why it's considered a continuation of 3.5 edition because it was from the people that were that pretty much developed it and like a like connecting it to something that is that kind of like how Left 4 Dead, like the team behind that, like they kind of got axed or the studio fell apart, and but they still loved the franchise so much that that's why Back for Blood just got released a few weeks ago because they went to a new studio to continue what they'd already started, essentially. Yeah, I would say that that's pretty similar. A, or a pretty, uh, pretty good connection for for Courtney and I and uh, super fan Stephen. You know, they're Lutherans. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Nice. That is very good. <laughs> they they did play in the Pathfinder system for almost two years, though, before being approached by Felicia Day, who heard through the grapevine, word of mouth, um, talking to Ashley Johnson and others that found out that these voice actors were playing D&D. Um, she's like, hey, you guys should start streaming on my channel. She actually started the Geek and Sundry Twitch channel. And so that is where they got their start. They started streaming in March 2015 to streamline it for a live audience. They did switch over to the D&D 5E system. Uh, Combat is much more simplified and the rules are just overall for the game. I have played in the Pathfinder system before. It is complicated. Uh, I like 5E better. But uh, yeah, just to make it combat flow easier for live easier to understand and everything yeah yeah for viewers are you also going to talk about harman quest (laughs) no i was just thinking about that i wasn't going to bring up harman quest but um i was going to talk about community (laughs) okay fair enough beautiful Ooh, i have something anyway go ahead sorry (laughs) (laughs) connections Um, yes like like anything that's popular uh critical role is not free of controversy or drama Uh, of course (laughs) orion he played tiberius stormwind in the campaign um he was actually kicked off the show after 27 episodes after a fight between him and marisha ray marisha ray and matt mercer were dating at the time uh they are now married 
generally it's not a good idea to fight with the dm's significant other um just bad move there were complaints of him fudging dice rolls um togging time he did a lot of what they refer to as retconning so you say you're going to do all this shit you find out it's not going to work and like oh never mind i'm not going to do that um he was very like what's the word i'm looking for he didn't like not a team player it sounds like not a team player at all um they went into this really bad fight with a beholder he's like i'm not going in there and his character sat outside the whole time um (laughs) Yeah, doing shit like that. Um, he was he was kind of toxic. Made some inappropriate jokes towards Laura Bailey. It was bad. So Oof. he was kicked off uh, campaign one after twenty seven episodes after playing with them for like two years. Did they kill off his character in like a hilariously embarrassing way or something like that? They did kill off of his yes. his character, but not in an embarrassing way, and Aww. not until much later in campaign one. He was killed off a about episode 70 or so he wasn't like around in the story they made mention of him sometimes but his character wasn't active in the story and up until his death so see though that group is too nice like if someone leaves like that like you got to kill them kill the character in a catty like you know vengeful way just make their character like trip on their own shit and like <laughs> die or something. I don't know. There's a question that is not to like totally tangent here, but like, is there a weird subculture of kind of toxic masculinity that exists in this? Cause I mean, when you have a society based around a gaming system developed by a couple of antisocial men, from what it seems like just from experience, is it something that you think like was really prevalent until fairly recently or? Because it seems like something that a bunch of guys do sitting around a table eating Doritos and slamming Dr. Pepper. Like, it doesn't necessarily feel like something that was inclusive with women initially. It wasn't. Um, And kind of still not. If you're on D&D TikTok, you hear a lot of female DMs talking about it and other female players and having experienced some really toxic situations. Um, so it's not gone, unfortunately. Yeah, because it's one of those things, like, you you imagine that anytime you introduce, like, a female into that group, it's something that everybody tends to just strangely latch onto in one way, shape, or form. So then if they actually do couple up and pair off, that's going to breed some strange resentment, and, uh, you know, when you don't have proof of ownership... Is uh, is all too often asked for these days. Everybody starts getting their hackles up. So it's interesting to think about that manifesting itself, even with celebrities in situations like this. Yeah, I would definitely say from prior experience, um, from prior groups, that you don't ever want people dating within the group. Uh, it's kind of the same thing with like coworkers and and stuff. Like once you start changing the dynamic, then it can breed like toxicity or just overall bad feelings especially if it turns into a bad breakup because then now the group could potentially fall apart there's a fracture um yeah exactly yeah. exactly it's so intimate you know you see these people all the time yeah it's the ono effect as we call it i play with a married couple um is it which dungeon <laughs> the sex dungeon the, the, the one with dragons um <laughs> exactly. and uh you say the wife constantly gets drunk and ruins the game for everybody else playing is this the the couple mm. i'm thinking of no it's not um, oh that's unfortunate the, the, couple, the couple you are thinking of i have not had the opportunity to play with no um 
the couple that I play with, my DM I used to work with, and then it's his wife. Anywho, sorry, <laughs> didn't mean to derail, role. but uh, <laughs> in the in the course of that conversation was something that I feel like was an interesting point to me. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. It, sure. It's definitely a good thing to bring up because of just the the history of it, uh, and especially given that it has for the longest time up until this past decade been considered to be like a very nerdy antisocial sort of um activity to do with people which i will have to send you guys pictures of the cast of critical role because they are all sexy motherfuckers well i know uh, felicity for sure well she's is she (laughs) i i wasn't attempting to cast aspersions at people who enjoy (laughs) the game as just saying that this is kind of the archetypal what people think of when you say Dungeons and Dragons is yeah. people well, yeah. in like sweatpants and a bad, you know, comic book themed T-shirt <laughs> living in a basement somewhere doing, you know, the Stranger Things stereotype. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I do on the weekends. Like, that's just how I live my life. You got sweatpants? <laughs> well, yeah. Man, that's the best way to live. Well done. Anyway, Critical continue. Uh, campaign one, they called it because they have aired multiple campaigns since the first one. It does follow the adventures of a group called Vox Machina. Before streaming, their group was called The Shits. They decided nice. to change it. They're like, if we're streaming for a live audience, we probably should be a little bit more professional. And so change it to Vox Machina. I would be remiss if I didn't call bullshit on The Shits. That is absolutely true. <laughs> like They <laughs> called themselves The Shits. <laughs> I'm already disappointed that they changed themselves for their audience. Um, they they did reference the shits a couple times. They're like, we're the group formerly known as, as the shits. So. Okay, that's good. At least they acknowledge it. They, they didn't that's forget good. their roots. Well, as long as they weren't the drizzling shits, I imagine it's probably better. That comes later. Campaign one <laughs> did end in October 2017 after 115 episodes. I just finished episode 75 of campaign one, so I'm not even all the way through it. This is a a new thing for me because even though i've been into D for many years i i knew of critical role because you can't play D without knowing about critical role it's just a thing it's part of the culture um, and i never watched it like i knew all these voice actors i liked them and the work that they did i just i didn't ever sit down to watch it and i finally did so i'm trying to get caught up because i immediately fell in love with these characters and it's amazing how it happened they gained a lot of fans in such a short amount of time, within their first year of streaming, they were already doing live shows at Comic-Cons and separate events where they were selling tickets for people to come watch them play in the campaign. And they sold out. It, it People just latched onto them. And it was crazy how it happened because they started streaming in the middle of the storyline. So they'd already got this established for like the last two years. And then people got thrown into the middle of it. They eventually did like a really quick animation background of everything that had happened up until the point that they started streaming but matt's storytelling ability and all of their character work and the way they role play it just sucks you in and you get really invested i've cried so many times over this stupid fucking podcast and stream it's bad i'll be sitting there on the couch just bawling and jason's looking at me like what the fuck is wrong with you right now you're watching a show i'm like you don't understand but, um, it's probably stuff that if uh you know you would visit yourself in the past and tell yourself that you'd be doing you wouldn't believe it yeah absolutely yeah. um but the fans are called critters and unfortunately like most big fandoms there are some toxic fans there's a lot of negativity creepy critters yes creepy critters um <laughs> 
the first thing most people will tell you is to not look at the Twitch chat for the live shows that they do. Um, apparently it's very toxic and the people will make attacks towards the female members of the cast specifically. Um, they actually did stop showing the chat panel in their stream about 30 or so episodes in. And I noticed it very late because I didn't watch the chat anyway. There's too much other things going on. I don't, I don't care about what people are saying in chat. I care about the story. But th they did stop displaying it. The only way you can see the chat is if you are watching it live on Twitch and you have the chat panel open. But people just say, stay away from it. It's terrible. It won't add anything to your experience. And it's just a cesspool of gross people. Oh, unfortunately, there is that. Um, but on the flip side of it, the fans are pretty awesome. They will continually push out fan art and they do it so fucking fast campaign three just started and five days after the first episode air there was already fan art there was already fully formed cosplays these people just go and put it out in the world it is it's wild mind-blowing to me i'm like do you not have a job how did you do this like in five days not even a week but they they are dedicated and they um critical role has done a lot for charity um they actually do have their own charity now it is a nonprofit called the critical role foundation and they support um a local charity in la um 826 la and 826 in general they have places all over the country that you can support so they, they've done a lot of work for them and that's pretty cool and the fans have helped with that so th there are nice. good fans out there they're not all assholes <laughs> awesome and um so that was campaign one and it just it took off i d i did mention before they had other campaigns uh campaign two followed the mighty nine i'm actually wearing a mighty nine sweatshirt right now um even though i haven't watched it nice. jason got it for me for christmas and he's terrible at giving christmas gifts and he's like i want you to have this now <laughs> and the the theming of it is so great um on the tag in the back it says, how do you want to wear this? And Matt's like tagline for when they kill a big bad is, how do you want to do this? And it says battle okay. tested in Exandria on it. It's super cute. The uh, nice. packaging actually said it came from Gilmore's Glorious Goods, which is a shop that Vox Machina frequents like in Campaign 1. So it's it's super cute. The theming is on point. Um, That was Campaign 2, and that aired from January 2018 to June of 2021. After 141 episodes, there was a limited series called Exandria Unlimited, and that ran in between um, June 2021 and August 2021. So it was like a buffer in between campaigns. The campaign three just started last month. Um, they have yet to name that group. So I'm excited to see what they name it. I did watch episode one because I didn't want character spoilers because it's all over TikTok. I wouldn't have been able to avoid it. Fair. Um, but yeah. I did stop watching it because they did make reference to one of the characters from campaign one in the very first episode. I'm like, oh shit, I'm not done with campaign one. I'm going to get spoilers for that in campaign two. So I watched long enough just to see what their characters look like and what they're about, what they're playing. And then I stopped. So I have that to look forward to. Nice. Nice. Um, I, I did mention earlier that they did start off with Geek and Sundry, which was Felicia Day's company that she started. Um, they are now fully 100% independent and creator-owned. They started their own media company, Critical Role, um, so they own all their own stuff, That's and great. they're in charge of their own creation, which is super cool, because not a lot of people can say that 
in that industry. Uh, I did already mention their nonprofit foundation. They do also have a publishing company called Darrington Press. And that's where Michael's books come from. <laughs> if they're new books, yes. Oh, never mind. Those things are fucking ancient. The, the, yes, they are. The publishing company is actually rather new. So, But their their success has led to prequel comics and art books based on the campaigns that they've done and their characters. Uh, they have collaborated with Wizards of the Coast. They do have two campaign books out that you can run. Uh, one is called Critical Role Taldore Campaign Setting, and the other is Explorer's Guide to Wildmount. So they're not really homebrew anymore. They are canon. They they do have source books. So they went- so they started off as such big fans doing mm-hmm. their homebrew stuff, and then just penetrated D and D. Yes, they did. There you go. Um, they have a third one coming out early next year too that one actually takes place in the continent of marquette which is where their current campaign is taking place so i think that's going to tie in to the current campaign in some way shape or form uh they also have an upcoming animated series that got picked up by prime video which does follow campaign one it's called the legend of vox machina i'm hoping that there's going to be new stories that we didn't see while they streamed and it expands on some of the characters' relationships and their backstories. So we'll we'll see. I have my fingers crossed for that one. And that's Critical Role. Now to what Courtney brought up earlier. Uh, Dungeons and Daddies, not a BDSM podcast. Boo. Oh, pass. <laughs> Sometimes a BDSM podcast. It depends on the episode you're listening to. Just but, when I thought I was out, you pulled me back in. But but they do, <laughs> they do um, say it in the intro of every episode not a bdsm podcast or sometimes a bdsm podcast um that podcast started in 2019 by anthony birch will campos matt arnold beth may uh beth may and anthony birch are both from arizona oh i'm sorry (laughs) not bullshit um and their other cast member is freddie wong uh, season one just ended this year after 69 episodes. I have not nice. finished. Is that yeah. bullshit? Is it 69 episodes? It's 69 episodes. <laughs> they know what they did. They did it on purpose. <laughs> Hell yeah. Did they nice. introduce the Wong for the 69th episode or was uh, was it around prior to that? Freddie Wong has been around for all 69 episodes. For a oh, long wow. time. Yeah. For a long time. Indeed. His name sounds familiar. Was he a voice actor or something like that? Or? I think they all do some kind of acting. I think Freddie and Matt actually have a movie that they're doing. Okay. Last I okay. heard, I didn't do a whole lot of research into that. Um, it it was mentioned on the fan pages. They had to stop one of their side podcasts because of it. But fair enough. Not Are you thinking of Eddie Huang from Fresh Off the Boat, and who's a famous chef? Maybe. No. Okay. I don't know anything about chefs. Cool. We know. I know Gordon Ramsay, and that's 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 it. <laughs> who's that? He's was, the guy uh, that yells at people. I was thinking of B.D. Wong from Father of the Bride fame, but yeah, that's me. But it is it is homebrewed. It is a homebrew campaign, and it is fantastic. Um, it follows the story of four dads from our world that get flung into the Forgotten Realms on a quest to find and rescue their lost sons. And hilarity ensues from the very beginning. I have to talk about it. It's a spoiler. I'm sorry. But the very first role of the game was to find out how dank a joint was, and Freddy rolled a natural 20. It Hell was yeah. Fucking perfect. And there you go. 
it's great. Uh, well, they were getting inspiration for telling uh, dad jokes and using bad puns, but Anthony, the DM, got so tired of it. He's like, no, never mind. You're taking psychic damage for that one. So yes, a dad would tell a you. joke, and then everybody else around would take psychic damage. Um, kind of like frenzy damage in Bloodborne. Yeah. I don't like that. Uh, also, one of my favorite moments, uh, one of the dads, his name is Henry Oak. Upon coming into the Forgotten Realms, he actually becomes a druid. And he has condoms on his person for whatever reason. I can't remember. But he can't control his druid powers at first. And he's really freaked out by it. So he takes condoms, puts them on his hands like gloves, and wears them around for a while until he can figure out how to control poison spray. So he's just sitting there describing how he's walking with his condoms on his hand around the Forgotten Realms, like all freaked out about the shit coming out of his fingers. Well, when you need protection... It's I useful. mean, he's prepared. He's already got them. Um, really? <laughs> Michael, you are swinging tonight, and I love it. I'm swinging and missing. <laughs> I'm swinging from the dugout. They're like, no, you need to go actually to the pit. I, yeah, soon you're going to be swinging from a rafter. Ugh, if only. Send the bees. But I won't talk about that one too much because it is it is a wonderful podcast. And if you have the time and you enjoy, enjoy Dungeons and Dragons, you should give it a listen because it's also great storytelling. There are some heartfelt moments in there. I have also cried over Dungeons and Daddies. So give it a listen. Haven't we all? <laughs> I was going <laughs> to say. No, daddy. It's like, I, that resonates. <laughs> I, I do have daddy issues. Um, unrelated. But anyway, uh, <laughs> they are considering a season two spinoff called Monsters and Mommies. We'll see how that goes. Hmm. Bullshit. That is bullshit. Damn. <laughs> oh. Um, they did actually record a, a mom-themed special where they were all moms playing D&D. Um, I don't remember what the premise of that was. It was supposed to be a special for Patreon. But it just didn't go well. Nobody had a good time. It was just a bad recording, and they actually ended up scrapping it. So it has not been heard by anyone's ears. And they're all misogynists. So, I mean, that tends to lead <laughs> yeah, to that. Yeah. That, that big, big oof energy there. Indeed. Um, but D&D's popularity goes beyond just, you know, the community of D&D and the content that we have available there by all those creators. Um. It has been mentioned in other TV shows and movies. Uh, John brought up Stranger Things. I have not seen Stranger Things Shane myself. Shane actually brought up Stranger Things. Was it? I'm so yeah. sorry. Yeah, we're we're interchangeable Look people. Asked. You know, white it's people. Like, am I right? Well, John said he yeah. was going to play you <laughs> later for um, our one shot. So, I mean, we're both bland and uh, easily forgettable. So I understand. Isn't mayo spicy, guys? I love you, Shane. <laughs> don't don't ever forget that, please. Hack ass, never change. <laughs> Um, I, I've only seen the first episode. That's all I could get through. But I saw enough to know <laughs> that those kids like Dungeons and Dragons. And I've seen gifs and screenshots of the one kid that's always just like, "Can we play Dungeons and Dragons? I just want to play Dungeons and Dragons right now, please, and you're like, guys." It's me. It's me. I'm like that kid is my spirit animal, and I would die for him. Love him. I don't need to see anything else in the show. I just know I love that kid. Um, it was also featured on the Blind Spot. Ashley Johnson actually played a character on that show called Patterson, and she did this while Campaign One was running, and so she had to leave the campaign. She'd guest every now and then, but she really missed it. So she would sneak in D and D references into the show whenever she could, and you can actually see her using a Critical Role coffee mug in some scenes. Okay. 
So she she was trying to show love for her friends that she couldn't be with, and I thought it was super cute. A community actually had two separate D and D episodes, one of which has been removed from was, Netflix. That's and Hulu, what I had, and I'm yeah. upset. What? Yep. Why? May I, you may. Um, because um, one of the characters, Chang. Oh, is it the? He plays the, an orc, or no, uh, a dark elf. A dark elf, and he oh, goes and, he and dresses up as it. But it's 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 authentically like black as night paint. Yeah, because like that's blue, what they look like. To almost go as as an you know an elf or like an orc kind of thing, and then last year during quarantine when we kind of had the mass like hey we shouldn't let blackface be a thing anymore or like you know brownface or or whatever you know like we shouldn't be dressed or like painting our faces as other races uh, it's very offensive and, and cringy somehow that fell in the crosshairs i don't necessarily think i agree with it in the context of the episode itself but yeah i don't either but it was one of the funny it's actually my favorite episode of community. it's i honestly it's thought it great. was going to be because they were playing that game to prevent uh was it the character's That's name the is fat yeah it's the from, same episode yeah. it is yeah yeah from they, they were playing that so he wouldn't off himself yeah, yeah. So he wouldn't go commit die yeah he, yeah he was trying to it, it's a very himself. sad setup but it turns into a very hilarious episode it's so funny um they were actually playing advanced D in that um what module it's actually a made-up one, so it's not a real module that they were playing, but they were playing in the Advanced Dungeons & Dragons system. Abed does DM both sessions that they have, and he created characters for everybody, with the exception of Fat Neil, who had his own character because he loved Dungeons & Dragons and had been playing for a long time. Uh, one of the characters, my favorite character, was actually named Hector the Well-Endowed, and he ended up being played by An- An- Annie Edison in both D&D episodes. Oh, Hector. Yes, Hector. I love him so. Um, I don't know. I liked Pierce's character riding in man. on a dragon. But anyway. Michael, you won. had the perfect setup for your joke, and you'd never had a better you, one. You want to go you, ahead and take it for him? No, I want Michael <laughs> to live up to some promise here. I never have, and I never will. Hector. I hardly oh, know her. Killed her. Oh, <laughs> what? <laughs> My God. I You're... quit. I'm done. You're right. Well, Shane has signed out. Oh, gosh. Um, both Stranger Things and Rick and Morty had campaigns created for them in 2019. So there are modules that you can run if you really love Stranger Things or Rick and Morty and you want to merge that with Dungeons and Dragons. You absolutely can. Okay. So fun fact. Um, was Rick and Morty? I figured who? Stranger Things, but like they were adapted specifically for D and D. Yes, uh, there is a Stranger huh. Things module that was released in May 2019, and then Rick and Morty was also released in 2019, a couple months later in September. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I believe that module is called Rick and Morty versus D and D. I thought it was the Smegma Gorgon, but... Uh, <laughs> there are um, 19 adventure modules for 5e, actually. Uh, will be 16 after Critical Role releases theirs in March next year. And yes, Shane, yours can be one of them. To, All you have to do is pitch it. No, to, to steal a phrase from John's distant past. Oh, no. Not hungry, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, that's most of the fun stuff I have. Um, I got into playing D and D in in a weird way. The way I played was very sporadic. Um, the backseat of a Volkswagen. That's an uncomfortable no. place. Oh, that's how everyone starts their D and D adventures. Um, my college boyfriend invited me to play a session with his friends, and he climbed out of a box in a full length leather bodysuit, and no. I've never been the same. I. I haven't been the same because of that relationship, but for other reasons. Um, <laughs> Touche. Oof. At, at, that would have been like 2010-ish, so we were probably playing 4th edition. I didn't ask questions. They made me a character. I had no idea what was going on. It, I thought it was fun, but that relationship ended terribly. Uh, we it was not amicable. We are not friends, and Fuck so you, guy, I was uninvited. Yeah. I was uninvited to play. And I was just like, okay, fine, whatever. Like, I had fun, but I'm not going to cry about it. I didn't know anybody else that played or was interested in playing. So I was content that I would never play again. And then in 2019, when I started working with a bunch of IT nerds, lo and behold, they were playing Pathfinder. And they said, hey, like, do you want to come play with us? We have a character that you can try out. Uh, They ended up adopting an NPC from the city guard. They were running uh, Curse of the Crimson Throne. And so they they kidnapped this kid from his position with the city guard. And his name was Tom. And they're like, you know what, Tom? We're just going to give you all of our our extra armor and weapons. And he actually got some really decent stuff. And he started leveling with them. This character was fucking unstoppable. He His weapon of choice was a long spear. And so he had super good range for a melee character. <clears throat> and did insane damage. At one point... How big was his dick? So he was the Jonah Falcon of D&D characters. Yes. And All right. like, nobody could roll for themselves, but when they were rolling for Tom, it was like just crit after crit. Just natural 20s last name, all day. Uh, That's usually how it goes, yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Tom, one... Tom didn't have a last name. Oh. Uh, his... That was mainly for Shane, and he didn't hear it, I don't think. <laughs> what? Sorry, I was talking over you. Yeah. What did you call him? I said, was his last name Bombadil? His first name was Hippa. <laughs> So I I played one session with Tom, and I'm just like, this is great, Uh, because the the group that we had going was great, too. They did some really insane shit. At one point, they set the the boats in the bay that served as, like, the pirate black market area on fire, and uh, one of the guys that we were playing with at the time, he's like, I want to backflip off of this burning boat, and our DM's like, roll for it, then. He rolls a natural 20, does the thing. (laughs) Um, they gambled their way into getting a pseudo dragon. Um, there was a lot of fun times with that one. So after that one campaign, uh, my DM worked with me to actually create a ranger druid hybrid. Uh, I had an animal companion, a badger named Newt, and I loved that imaginary badger so fucking much. I was scared to put him in combat situations. I did when I was forced. Um, but most of the time he sat in my little backpack and I just carried around a badger. But that was the point where like I was hooked. I got very attached to the character. Um, you got it. It, I, it I liked it clicked. I liked playing. I'm like, I could do this all the time. And I actually tried during that same time period. Um, another person I worked with and his wife and a bunch of her friends wanted to play D and D as well. They were doing a five E thing. They're like, you should play with us. So me not wanting to say no to Dungeons and Dragons, I'm like, absolutely. I will play in two sessions at once. I don't care. Um 
It was a group of all girls other than the DM. I quit the group after three sessions because I just didn't vibe, mostly because there was a girl that always ended up sitting right next to me that had no volume control. She could not talk in a normal voice and always ended up screaming in my ear. I'm like, and now nah. you have to listen. We know Sam. Yeah, we know who you're talking about. <laughs> it's all right. I'm actually unrelated to Sam. Um, Bullshit. Everything's related <laughs> to true. Sam. Just yeah, let me like, tell you. I feel like we were really good about calling these back. lies early on, and then we just got swept up in the fantasy. Uh, yeah, there's That's how it goes. There's there's some that you missed. Um, but we'll, we'll get into that <laughs> Not later. Not shocked. Um, so that. That's how I like really got into it. The Pathfinder campaign ended very abruptly due to scheduling conflicts. We had a large party. There were eight of us in total. And trying to get eight adults scheduling to line up to meet once a month is a fucking nightmare. Imagine doing that with five adults (laughs) once per week. I I feel I can't. I can't either. Um, but there were some people that were also super flaky and like would call out very last minute, not even like a few days before. Um, and I guess it just really ruffled my DM's feathers. He's like, you know what? Last session, we're ending this go. And I feel like we missed a lot of the story. And it was not. How long does an average like campaign last? Um, well, turns out that 75% of parties don't make it past session 10. So really, mm-hmm. is that bullshit? No, I feel like that's too optimistic. It's not, <laughs> huh? So, and how like long is an average make session? It past, like episode two, like not not the one shot that that you've alluded to that we're gonna do off air, but the average session, depending on how your group and how long y'all are willing to sit there. For my party that I'm running with right now, we usually go six to eight hours. We only Holy meet shit. once a month. But I know oh, okay. I know people that do it weekly, and their sessions are only like two or three hours. So it, it really just depends on how often you're meeting and how much you want to get out of it. Um, but yeah, I I told you guys about my current character in my campaign. We're running Curse of Strahd. Uh, this would have been our ninth uh, session. I really hope it does not spell the beginning of the end because I right. would, I would love to finish this campaign. I'm really enjoying well, it. Also, um, just. To go ahead and plug your Instagram, you drew your character, like I actually full fledged drew your your character. And if you go to to her Instagram, yeah, at Bad Artist Jesse. Yep, at Bad Artist Jesse, you can see um, Nymphadora Tonks and all of her glory. She's <laughs> a short little bitch. She is. She's tiny. But I also drew a set of dice for her, so you can see that in the picture as well. Um, I want to find dice like what I drew, but I cannot find black dice anywhere. Um, apparently it's a very popular color and they're sold out. Like every like one that I like. Every time it like, drops, it's sold immediately. Yeah. I'm like, this set is beautiful. This would be perfect. Nope. Sold out. Well, part of the joy of the experience of playing this is that you really can kind of tailor everything to your own preferences as you were yeah. alluding to earlier. So you're not just mired in somebody else's concept. So particularly for you who has an artistic bend. I imagine it's a lot of fun because you can actually visually see a lot of the things that are happening and can actually draw characters for other individuals as well. And then there's throngs of folks who 3D print their own characters Mm -hmm. and bring those in as functional pieces. So, I mean, like, it's exceedingly customizable, which is part of the joy of doing it, I imagine, if you're somebody who's kind of a self-starter. Yes, I did paint uh, a mini for my character, I painted uh, my Houndeville Omen because I am a shadow sorcerer. 
I gained the ability to summon a hound as a bonus action. And basically, it's a modified direwolf, and it will relentlessly attack whatever I want it to until either it or the target dies, or after five minutes, which is a long time in D&D combat, if you it know is. how those mechanics work. Man, also, you know why they're called, uh, every uh, round is uh, six seconds. Yes. Right? Something that something that effect. So it, that's a long my long time. My turn is 6 seconds. So uh, Man, I, I guess that's fair. I had no idea that I was a D&D character for all of these years. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be able to just snap my fingers and, you know, a legion of goth girls would just show up and do my bidding. It was it was really a lot of fun. Well, big titty goth girls don't just fall out of the sky, you know. No, they don't. They emerge from a hot topic when you call their cell phone. <laughs> That's all I had. I can go and talk about my character forever long until the night, but uh Well, I, we have we have other things to do, do that involve around do. D&D and also I feel like we did uh miss a fair share of the lies. There were quite Michael, a few lies, yes. Michael mm-hmm. is fired. Michael is yep. fired. Okay, so the one thing I will say is I know nothing about any podcast anything in general <laughs> hard stop period. You miss. I know things physics. about D and D, but I don't. I don't follow. I I only recently learned about um critical die, um or critical. Oh, I'll role, help whatever. you critical <laughs> die. Same. Trust me. Same. Uh, honestly, YouTube started telling me that they had a third season, and I'm like, I don't even know what the fuck this. What? Is. I don't even know what a YouTube um, is. The the only thing that the closest thing I ever had to partaking in the D and D culture would be watching Felicia Day's The Guild. Uh, when it aired years upon years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I never followed any podcasts. I never watched any YouTube channels. I, it, I, I liked doing my own stories. I never liked following other people's, which is weird. No, that's not. Because, I, because yeah. yeah, there are many of us who have that proprietary sort of feel. I understand. Yeah. So it, when you started talking not about D&D itself and about people that play D&D, I was like, ah, I'm, I'm not going to know anything. No, I, I had that exact same response, because again, wrong kid died sort of scenario. My brother plays D&D with his children uh, and, cool. and has a lot of very fun and sorted sagas. Not sorted, but for, for me. Uh, <laughs> Did you have to hear about it? I sure hope. That's why I'm not the dungeon master. But uh, <laughs> So it, he is very enthusiastic about it, and I get the same Krispy Kreme thing that happens once he starts detailing things. So I, I totally understand, Michael. Does anyone want to take a stab at what they think the lies were? Oh, I tried. No. <laughs> yeah, if you just want to go through the like the top of the list down, even the ones that we got, just as okay. like a, a summary. Yeah. I think we're I think we're good because there's so much. There's I, so I much. fudged on the creator's names. It was Gary Gygax and Dave Arneson. Um, I lied about the publishing date. It was published in 1974. I said 1973. No. Oh. I also lied. <laughs> those, are, those are my kind of lies. <laughs> I lied about how many dice are in a standard set of dice, and Michael should have known this. I said, "Wait, yeah, you, you said bitch. a D four, a D six, a D eight, a D ten, a D twelve, and a D twenty, right?" Uh huh. That's six. You missed one. Okay, I guess there. I thought you were going to say, "Are you talking about the D one hundred? Yeah. Are you talking about the the, the, the multiples of ten? Percentile one? die, yes. Oh, okay. I always consider that just a D ten. No, it's so that it's that was different. that was my. <laughs> inadequacies as, There's a, as a, a person. There's a metaphor for your education somewhere. <laughs> I, Arizona education at its finest right there, I'll tell you what. Tell you what. 
you guys did catch um, the lie about the 12 to 15 million players. Shane was in the right area. Um, I said worldwide it was North America. Um, and then I started lying about Critical Role, so you may have not gotten this. The one shot was actually arranged for Liam, O'Brien ber- Liam O'Brien's birthday, not Ashley Johnson's. Okay. Um, he was very adamant about wanting to play D&D with everybody, got everyone together and for his birthday, which him and Laura Bailey actually share a birthday. But it was Can his I... birthday specifically. Fuck you, Laura. No, I love her. I... Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to throw in my uh, my usual that thing you do reference. <laughs> She's talking gibberish. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other critical lie or critical role lie, critical lie, um, was about Orion. He did leave the show after 27 episodes, but both him and critical role, the official statement was... It was to start his own project and Twitch channel. He didn't have the time for both. Everything I said. So he wasn't offensive and a piece of oh, shit. Oh, no, he was. Everything oh. I said was fan speculation. He didn't actually have a fight with Marisha Ray. Um, ah. But the behaviors that I described were what people were getting from the stream. It Got was it. very awkward and kind of toxic. And he, he did retcon. He did hog time. Wasn't a team player. Um, but that's all fan speculation as to why he left. The I was going to say, I would have been fired from this podcast a long time ago <laughs> if that were actually held up in a court of law. The official reason was he started his own projects and didn't have time for both. And then you did also catch the Monsters and Mommies lie. Okay. Nice. Well, that was fun. I got cool. more lies than Michael. Is that what you were uh, yeah, pointing so you out yes, there? Yes, you did. Yeah. Well, <laughs> hmm. Interesting. Looks like you know more about D&D than I do. And I barely woke up today. So <laughs> I mean, same. More than me. I mean, you heard my bits. I'm, they sounded like I was half asleep. I'm only 97 years old, so I mean, I'm just amazed that I can even move at this point. Oh, with enough Viagra, anything's possible. Well, if you roll a D20 for me, I might be able to, you know, get it up. <laughs> ah, crit success. I have one. Hold on. Oh, yeah, please. Hit the crit. Uh, that would be a six. Ooh, it's man, I haven't got one of those of, in ages. Like, not really doing anything. <laughs> Welcome to the club. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for coming back for a second week in a row. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I, I really wanted to talk about D&D. I got very excited, and thank you for letting me nerd out on you guys. Of course. It is appreciated. We can do nothing if not share. This was kind of the origin of the show, was to talk about things that we had an actual empirical knowledge of and we're really enthusiastic about and we've gotten away from that fairly recently but uh <laughs> so it's nice to to bring back and imbue some of that natural ardor into the show again so thank you because oh, i haven't seen michael this excited since they no, uh issued that fall real. line from jc penny's kids department he, Ooh, I, wait, wait a I minute. Like that's a lie because last week when we were talking about Superman, he was ecstatic. He had this the dumbest smile on his face. The whole no, that's time. just that's his, not because I knew that's anything. Yeah, no, that's, that's different. Yeah, yeah that's his yeah, bromance but, with me, and that's I can't yeah, help that I, I have that effect on people. Yeah, I I know nothing about Superman other than his son is now considered or is is, is bisexual. Yeah. And that's, that's no everything that Michael knows about Superman he learned from a five for fighting song. So it's, uh, it's oh good. my. God, I've never heard such a good. You have, you have. Have I, Shane? That was an amazing poll. (laughs) Um, I'm usually not the guy that does this, but I think there's going to be an after dark if y'all are still down. 
right? Sure enough. I, I mean, I, I sure hope there so is. We talked before, about before it. Before we get out of here and I stop doing the thing that I'm not supposed to do this late in the episode, Jesse, real quick, can you tell them what they can see on the After Dark coming up? Yeah, so on the After Dark on Wednesday, you can see the gang here play Sexy Battle Wizard with yours truly, Bad Gamer Jesse, as the DM. And side you don't want you don't want to know what I'm using for my staff. Um, side <laughs> note: This is my first time DMing ever, so this could be um, this could be good or this could be bad. We're about to find out. We will find out. Either way, it'll be hilarious. So, DM for DP. <laughs> DND DP. Oh yeah. <laughs> bad damage. <laughs> well, it's too crit to quit. I guess <laughs> that crit don't fit. Hey, you critically, uh, you you crit success that um, transition there. Yeah, good job, bud. Well done. Sure, proud of you. Just keep keep (laughs) talking. You're the only one. (laughs) Well, uh, in the glorious words of uh, Stephen Lynch, it's D and D. So we're going to launch off into our glorious after dark here. But thank you all for being here for another stirring installment of Disinformed. We sincerely appreciate it. As always, there is a uh, link in the show notes to our uh, wonderful you know, collection of socials and all the other nonsense that we do. It's called the link tree. My brain just wasn't going to it because Michael has beaten me into submission. But eventually <laughs> I'm going to get there. And always, uh, Jesse's going to have a list of all of her sources for the show notes down there as well so if you want to investigate further that is the means to do so and of course you can find us over for the after dark on the tubes of you 10 a.m mountain time on wednesday so hopefully that'll be fun for everybody but for disinformed this week i'm shane i'm john i'm michael i'm courtney and i'm jesse and zippity zoop we're out of here that could have been a lot more enthusiastic. <laughs> do you want me to do it again? And zippity zoop, we